Praise the Lord. Great to, great to be with you all. And uh, God's so good. Praise the Lord. Uh, I did receive a text from your pastor today. And uh, he, to- he told me to, to, to stack it high and deep. That's a, that's a little code language that Pastor Mark and I have. You know, in, there's a movie that uh, we kind of joke about in terms of it helps in ministry. It's that old film, What About Bob? And that, that, that character is this little kind of uh, off. And remember, he was at the house and eating, and he wanted his food piled high and deep. And so I don't know if Pastor Mark just had a word what I was teaching on feeding on Jesus. But, man, I'm just going to pile Jesus high and deep. Huh? Look, at, look at the Lord Jesus and what he's done and just, uh, just feast and rejoice. And his love for us. So if you have a Bible, you can follow along with me tonight just by way of review for some of the some of you who were not here. Uh, John's Gospel, chapter six, John six, verse fifty seven. The Bible says, he who feeds on me. Jesus said, will live because of me. This is a time, uh, you know, really in your church calendar that's been marked in the heart of your pastors to really experience healing, to experience wholeness. In your physical body, breakthroughs, miracles. And uh, so when Pastor Mark invited me to, to, to teach, he asked if I you know, could bring something along the lines of the flow for, for healing. And as I was thinking and praying and just trying to figure out how to come and prepare my heart for you, I could not get away from the concept of feeding on Jesus. Feeding on Jesus. And we look carefully in this whole text from verses 41 to verses 59. Jesus is really speaking about feeding on his flesh and drinking his blood. And his wording is so bizarre to the community of people there that it really caused many people to leave him. They, they couldn't handle it. But Jesus really was talking about his finished work. What really qualifies all of us before the Father. And the importance of you and I feasting. On him, feasting on the cross or the finished work that he provided for all of us on the cross. And that's why I think it's so important that we take time to do that. I shared with you some of the characteristics or qualities that could exhibit themselves in your life. Uh, you know, if you don't feed on Jesus, you'll live to be a complainer. You know, we, we learned we'll, you'll live to be a murmurer or you'll, you'll, you'll live and just be quarrelsome. And those, those people who always live agitated in their spirit, I would just suggest most probably you're not feeding on Jesus. You may be feeding on religious duty. You may be, uh, you know, feeding on, on, on parameters that you put on your life and doing things out of, out of duty, whether it's reading or praying or whatever it is. But, but you're not feeding on Jesus because those who feed on him are going to live because of him. And this is what triggers really miracles in your life. And then we went to the passage of scripture in Mark 2. And you can follow along there with me once again. Where Jesus was in Capernaum. From verses, actually verses 1 through 12. And uh, you, you, you hear how Jesus was in the house. And uh, we, we talked about that the house that Jesus is in is not something physical. Like this structure, this building. The house that Jesus is in is in the life and heart or the spirit, the recreated spirit of the believer. You are the house of the Lord. And so we have to change our worldview that we're kind of out going outside of ourselves, trying to get him to come to us. We need to understand he's within us. The born again believer. He has taken residence in us and he said he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Now you either can have confidence in his word or you're going to always live like you're at a distance. 
And if you're going to live like you're at a distance, it's going to complicate your life because you'll always think you need to perform to find an access to him, to qualify again. And so you've got to understand that he's in you just because you, at one point in time, chose to accept the fact that you're accepted. You chose at the cross, the blood was shed, your sins were forgiven, and through faith in his love and his life for you, through his resurrection... You have newness of life. And so we talked about this whole passage that Jesus, before he healed this paralytic man who was let in through the roof, Jesus saw their faith. We talked about that they saw him full of grace. He didn't mind an interruption. You know, Jesus really is not afraid of the real you. You know, you you can afford to be yourself. Your, Your weakness does not surprise him, you know. He's he's well acquainted with who you are. And it doesn't scare him. I know it scares you. It scares me. Because we always think we have to qualify based on ourselves. But no, we qualify based on Jesus and what he's done. And we talked before, while I've been here, that the example in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, that when, when somebody committed sin and they went before the priest, they took a, a lamb, a sacrifice. Based on their level of income, what kind of animal they took. And when they went before the priest, the priest never judged the sinner. The priest judged the lamb to see if it was perfect. And when the lamb is inspected, you're considered accepted. Now, you have to renew your mind to that. Otherwise, you'll always have your eyes on you. And when you have your eyes on you, you'll never be good enough. The devil will always accuse you of you missed the mark in something in some way. And he'll bring condemnation and guilt and shame. And he'll make you retreat like you're away from God when really he's in your house. And so we have to recognize that God is not overwhelmed about your weakness and your frailty and your humanity. He loves you to interrupt him with faith-filled moments. With a sense that he's full of grace and he wants to work something dynamic through you. And we talked about their breakthrough was through the roof. Our breakthrough is when we allow the Spirit of God to manifest. And I talked a little bit about that in terms of fruitfulness in our lives. Sometimes I'm really crazy. I, I write little lyrics and songs. Did I ever send you a song one time I wrote? And maybe you worked on it a little bit years ago. I can't remember. But I wrote a great song yesterday at the airport. <laughs> But I just can't remember what it was. Hallelujah. But you know, it was the kind of song that really blessed me while I was singing it to myself. But it was really all about the fruit of Jesus in my life. Not my fruit. You know, Keith Hershey in and of himself just doesn't have what it takes. I'm I'm just that human. But the fruit of Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the recreated, the, the fruit of God's life in me. And uh, he's the vine, I'm the branch. But it's his life, it's his nature, it's, it's his characteristics. I want the breakthrough of his life in me. And I tell you what, healing then doesn't become a problem. But we learned as we studied this morning in the scripture, to get a healing, when the guy was led before Jesus, Jesus knew what he wanted, but Jesus gave him what he needed. What he wanted was to be healed. See, some of us, when we're frustrated in life, we have challenges with family, with our health, whatever it is. You know, God knows what we want. And we're always wanting a quick fix and a manifestation and our pain to be gone. But the Lord really wants to give you what is needed. See, what is needed is the revelation that you're righteous. Because most Christian people I find that I minister to with still live with a sense of condemnation. 
Most Christian people that I minister to, not just in America, but around the world doing mission work, always have a, a sense of guilt and shame. Sin is always on their conscience. They never think they qualify. So Jesus, when he met the man, he, he knew what he needed, but he gave him what he, or he knew what he wanted, but he gave him what he needed, and he said, your sins be forgiven. And we talked about the work of the cross is forgiving you of all your sins. It's establishing you in the gift of right standing with God. To the degree that your sins have been forgiven by God and forgotten by God. And we read many scriptures this morning. So that has to be anchored in your heart for me. Now I'm finding in my life when I go to God needing a a breakthrough or a manifestation. Let's say it's physical healing. Whether it's my wife, myself, my kids, people in our ministry, whatever. You know what I'm finding doing myself doing now? Just focusing on how righteous I am in Christ. Not because I'm good, but because He was good. I focus on the realm that my sins are forgiven and my sins are forgotten. Because in Paul's writings, in all the epistles, faith is for your righteous position. It's the righteousness which is of faith. And when you can understand in Hebrews 8 where it talks about the revelation of the new covenant, it's all anchored that you can understand and you'll have confidence that the Holy Spirit will witness your inner man and write on your heart when you understand and know and believe that your sins have been forgiven and your sins have been forgotten. That's verse 12. And so it's very, very important that you understand your sins are forgiven. And then Jesus said to the folk, hey, what's easier? What's the big deal? Because all the religious people, you know, had a bruja. You know, they got all ticked off and mad. Dear God in heaven, who can forgive sins but God alone? And look at this dude, you know, he, he, he announces things. And see, I think it's a beautiful privilege that you and I have as a believer that would shock the world. If you had the confidence to tell the biggest sinner, you know, in your environment, after they rant and rave about something, just say the good news for you is your sins have been forgiven. What do you mean? They have been. On Calvary's cross, the sins of the world have been forgiven. Now, most people don't know how to accept the fact that they've been accepted because they still think they need to qualify to clean up, to be good enough for God. When Jesus took every condemnation and every judgment for every sin of the human race, that's the beauty of our Savior. He's a professional. He does all things well. So take time when you have pain points of life, instead of focusing on the pain and focusing on what you need and, and, and just begging or pleading or praying or decreeing for what you need, take time to rest. Take time just to sit and rest. And focus on the fact that my sins are forgiven. And they're only forgiven because Jesus said they're forgiven. See, if you can't trust him with that. Now, if your mind and soul still fight you, it just shows you got to feed on him more. Come to the place where you're so addicted to the beautiful life of what Jesus has done. Where you're so consumed with the revelation of what he's done on your behalf. Where you can have my sins are forgiven. My sins have been forgotten before God. Now, that doesn't want to make you go out and sin. That just makes you want to say hallelujah. Glory to God. And let his now life and nature manifest the breakthrough through you. That just makes you want to live like he is. It makes you want to live like you are. Because as he is, so are you. So it's very, very important that you understand your sins are forgiven. And your sins have been forgotten by God. So Jesus said, but that you may know that... The Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. I say unto you, you know, rise, 
Jesus didn't even lay hands on the dude. He spoke to him. Rise. Take up your bed and walk. The dude got up, man. Lick at his spit. I would say that place just probably went a little crazy happy, except for some. Except for some. See, a lot of people don't like the idea of victory in the idea of physical healing. And they don't really like the idea that your sins are forgiven and forgotten. There's a lot of people that just want to keep you in a place where you're always condemned. And show you your weakness. Show you your failure. And so you got to get in the right buffet line. you you got to get in the stuff where there's no additives. And no junk food. you got in the, you got to get into the, the purity of, of, of the blood of Jesus. And I tell you, his work is a perfect work. Now, that's all review. You can get all that in one of the teachings from this morning. But let's go on now to to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Are you all glad you're here? Matthew chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. The tempter came to Jesus and said, If you're the Son of God, if, if you're the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now, we're talking about feeding on Jesus and living. So your, your spiritual diet is, is important like your physical diet is. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, people that now teach across America, which is really good on, on holistic eating and exercise and all these things. And I know the first lady teaches on some of these things. And I, I think it's wonderful. Uh, but, but I think it's more important to teach believers spiritual feeding. And if we learned this morning as Pastor... Tom taught us really from from Psalm 23 that the good shepherd is going to lead you to a good feeding place where there's nourishment and strength. There's a sense of peace, not a sense of lack, not a sense of, you know, insufficiency. And so uh, the tempter, the devil comes to Jesus and said, if you're the son of God. Now notice this is a direct temptation to what the devil heard the father say over Jesus. Because just in the previous chapter here, we don't have time to look at it, but you can see in Matthew 3 when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, uh, the, 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 the heavens opened and the Bible says, The Father spoke, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So the devil understood that echoed throughout the, the heavens and the earth. The beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. See, the Father's pleased with you because you're in the beloved not because you do right. Those things in your life that are wrong are, 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 are fixable. If you can take your place accepted in the beloved. Now, the beloved is the key to understanding, for me, your righteous position. So when the devil comes and tempts Jesus and said, If you're the son of God, the devil leaves out one word of the father's word. And it's the term beloved. If the devil can talk you out of your beloved position and make you look at you, he'll cause you to work again for everything. So what the devil wanted to do was Jesus is get him out of the beloved position before the Father and take stones representing the law or the old system that Jesus came. I taught it this morning in the second service that Jesus came to reestablish the new system. Remember, he had a conversation with the Father. I've come to do your will, O oh, oh God. That is to take away the first and to establish the second. The will of God for Jesus in the earth, which grants you access to everything you need, was through the cross. Because the new covenant only starts with the shedding of blood. It outlines that, that in, in the book of Hebrews. 
So it's the shedding of blood that's so key. And your belovedness is in your faith in what he's done for you. But if the devil can talk you out of that and just say, well, if you're a son of God, then he'll get you to work to qualify always. And what the devil wanted Jesus to do was take stones representing the law. Remember, the the big ten were written in stones. So he wanted him to take the law and make that his food. So what you and I have to do, we're not living based on our efforts or performance to the law because a righteous position is never granted there. If righteousness could come through the law, Jesus died in vain. So Jesus, what? He rebuked the devil. He said, get behind me. And what what did he say? He said, verse 4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that's proceeding. Really, it's the, the term rhema out of the mouth of God. And now Jesus is the graced word truth for new covenant believers. We feed on him. We feed on his love for us. And when you can do that, then you're going to find that uh, the things you need just manifest. Kind of, kind of just, uh, uh, just by looking and beholding and, and receiving his love and beholding the greatness of what he's done. You and I can live by the, by the word that's proceeding out of Jesus. That's where our faith comes from. It's strengthened. The word of Christ, it says in Romans 10, verse 17. So don't allow the law or the system where, where, where you, you qualify for everything to be your food. It'll exhaust you. It's like eating a bad diet. It'll make you tired. It'll make you sluggish. I talked to my wife this afternoon. Uh, before, actually, she called me before I came down into the service and and uh, she said, um, you know, how's the day? How's the services? All this. So we had a good conversation. But, you know, when she talked to me earlier today, she wanted to know if I went to, to Val's restaurant. <laughs> you know, that was more important. To, hey, are you safe? Is everything OK? I mean, the first question, did, did you go to Val's, you know, and then and then she wanted to know what I what I ate. <laughs> and I said, do I have to tell you the truth? How many have ever eaten so much you just don't? I just said, you know, Heidi, I was polite. I ate what was set before me. That's what Jesus, that's what Jesus instructs us all to do. I could tell I was making her jealous. But, you know, if, if, you, if you eat uh, wrong food, if you, if you just ate bad food in, 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 in soft drinks and in, in potato chips, and you did it for enough weeks in a row, and that was your daily diet, you know, Pretty soon, you're, you're going to be sluggish. You're not going to feel... See, people who are feeding on the wrong things always feel sluggish before God. Because the life is in Jesus. It's in His work. It's in what He's done. And you find yourself accepted there if you can know and if you can believe that you're beloved. You're accepted in Himself, not yourself. That's why I never take time to analyze myself much anymore. I do every point of, 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 if you call it work, is finding myself in Him and not in me. I enjoy myself so much more there. My victory is in Christ. My liberty is in Christ. My strength is in Him. My life is in Christ. And those who feed on Him will live because of Him. That's why I told you this morning too that uh, you know I find myself based on this verse and many other verses, reminding myself of the cross. 
And, and one way I do that now in my life is I take communion often. The Bible doesn't say you have to take it once a month. It says as often as you take it. Yes, yes. Hallelujah, man. I don't mind loading up a couple of two, three, four times a day if I have to. Listen, whatever I have to do to get my mind off a system that's trying to suck the life out of me. I don't, I've got little communion stuff at my office. You know, right? I'm a credenza around my desk. I just spin my chair around and grab it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Let's have another load. Amen. And, and, and consider what he's done for me. Amen. Otherwise, my mind goes nuts sometimes. But none of you are like that because you're such spiritual giants. <laughs> but if you feed on Jesus, you're going to live because of Jesus. Yes. Feed. Partake. Take some more. Have seconds. Have another helping. Glory to God. Like Pastor Mark texted me, pile it high and deep. Hallelujah. Just absolutely be consumed with God's love for you. Because that's the only thing that's constant. Everything else will shift. Go with me. Let's look real quick to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. You all glad you're here? (laughs) I'm almost through my introduction. Look at this now. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11... Now, I don't have time to really teach on this. But if you, if you take time from like verse... Verse 17. I mean, like I said this morning, the Corinthians church wasn't... You know, they weren't spiritual giants. They were very carnal people. A lot of divisions, a lot of strife. Even though all the gifts of the Spirit function there. And actually in this passage, if you read it all in context, he talks about people coming to the Lord's table and partaking. And they're, they're totally, you know, fleshing out. I mean, it says, you know, some of them are drunk. You know, I mean, they're just having a big time. And what they do when they're having a big time in their so-called liberty, they're not discerning the Lord's body right. See... What happens why people are sick and die premature is not the inspection of yourself. It's the inspection of himself. The way you and I partake worthily is not to look at us, per se. It's to look at him. And so they were coming in kind of wild and chaotic and eating and drinking and being merry. And some of them were even drunk, the Bible says. And so he says, listen, you're not partaking of the Lord's Supper correctly. And for this reason, for this reason, for this reason, many of you are sick and die premature or fall asleep, it says. Well, let's, let's, uh, t- you can take time to, to read the whole thing. So I, I'm just finding in my own life the, the way you partake worthily is let's just say I'm having a day where I'm struggling. And I decide to receive communion. Or let's say with my wife Heidi. Or let's say in a church service. Let's say it was even tonight. What I, what I do is I take time and focus on the cross. And I hear the Spirit of God, you know, say to me, Keith, I got you covered. You're accepted in me. You are accepted eternally in the Beloved. I, 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 I believe it. The blood was shed for me for an eternal redemption. And through my faith in what Jesus has done, my sin has been forgiven. My sin has been forgotten. And then I discern the stripes. That on the stripes of the judgment Jesus took through his stripes, I am healed. 
and you can correlate it all with Isaiah 53 and so many other texts in, in the New Testament. But it's important that you take time and enjoy what he's done. Those who feed on me will live because of me. Now, sometimes what I do in my life, especially when my life is, is, is hectic and the devil is bombarding my mind with myself or what I did wrong, you know, where I missed the mark, where I didn't ex- give enough or extend enough or do enough or, you know, when condemnation comes, I could have done more. These people are, so, you know, all these things. If you do mission work, you'll understand. what. If you do ministry, you, you, you'll understand what, what, what I'm talking about, especially with our motivational gifts and mercy and you know, I mean, we can get hammered with judgment that we never do enough. Uh, it's a terrible thing. And so I always have to come back to the cross. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you, you, you take all this condemnation in your life and judgment. And, uh, and it's, it's not good. So it's important that we examine ourselves. And you can read the whole text there in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 30. So discern the Lord's body. Don't spend your time always inspecting yourself. Usually it doesn't take long to find something wrong with yourself. But then that will so disappoint you because you think you have to qualify because of yourself. And you don't. You qualify based on Jesus, period. Hallelujah. You're with Him. He's with you. You're good before God. It's awesome. And so we have to understand of His love for us. Now go with me over to the Second Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. See, when we feed on Jesus, we're going to find life. We're going to find our breakthrough. He will break through us and bring the manifestations uh, that we need. And this is, this is the way we win in life. This is the way you get healed in your physical body. This is the way our, our full manifestations of His promises prevail is when we really rest in Him. Look here at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The Bible says, now. Everybody say, now. Now, now is kind of a good point in time. It means right now. That means, that means if you're in a now moment and your faith is toward Him, you see Him full of grace, you've got all kinds of great possibilities. Now, thanks be to God, who always, 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 always... Notice it doesn't say 90% of the time. It doesn't say it's a 50-50 proposition. It's not maybe it'll work and maybe it won't. See if you can know that your sins are forgiven and your sins have been forgotten. You're righteous before God. Now healing can spring forth. You can understand the quickening. Rise. Take up your bed. Walk. Your, whatever it is. However the Lord signals it to your, to your spirit, to your soul. The way He writes it on your heart, you know you have an absolute assurance. But your faith now is only focused for your righteous position. All the other things are going to be added to you. Everything else in life is a bonus. Your faith is for your righteous position. So, he always causes us to triumph. Notice where our triumph or our victory is. It's in Christ. So, it's in a beloved position. You can't let the devil talk you out of your belovedness. He'll make you work to qualify. And you'll always exhaust yourself and you're going to exhaust everybody around you. Your victory is always in Christ, not in yourself. And through us, he diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So you're not led to defeat. You're not led to despair. You're not led to disaster. You're not led to calamity. You're not led to hopelessness. You're led to victory. The Holy Spirit will always lead you to win in life. 
Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit will always speak of Jesus. Remember Jesus, when he defined the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he said, he will take of mine and give it unto you. He'll always speak of Jesus. That's why when you're in any kind of Holy Spirit meeting, see how much Jesus is talked about. See how much Jesus is pointed to. When the Holy Spirit moves in your life, see how much Jesus is decreed and announced over you. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good help to discern what is a move of the Spirit. Because the work of the Spirit will always point to Jesus. And I'm preaching good now. And the finished work of Jesus. Always. Okay? And uh, our victory is in Jesus Christ. So we have victory over the enemy. We have victory over the devil who tries to tell us we don't qualify. Tells us we're not good enough. Tells us we're not beloved. Tells us we got to work more. Do more. Trust more, pray, you know, all these things and say, wow, okay, here we go again, you know, and you just sign up for another, man, I hope I get to break. No, just rest. Let's just rest and cooperate with uh, the Spirit's breathing and uh, His emphasis in your life. Look at 1 John chapter 2. You can go there with me, verses 15 and 16. Our way to win, our way for our healing to manifest is just to rest in Him. Son, your sins are forgiven. Cool. And he just rested in the revelation. He had faith for his righteous position. And then Jesus said, rise. Take up your bed and walk. Notice it was resting in righteousness that empowered him to rise. So get, get, get that established in your heart that you're going to rest in your righteous position in Christ Jesus. First John 2, verse 15 and 16, the Bible says, do not love the world. <laughs> or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And in other words, you know, if, if you're feeding on the wrong buffet line, if you're trying to find your, your satisfaction and your validation and your importance in the world, the world's ways, God's love is not triggered in your... It's like it, 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 like it, it makes you immune from really understanding God's love for you because you're so attracted, you're so addicted to all these other things. You know, there's a lot of precious people. I used to be addicted to, to especially starting in ministry, I was, you know, young and just a kid and afraid, really. Didn't know what I was doing. Sometimes I'm still the same way. You know, a little like overwhelmed or intimidated or sometimes really don't know what I'm doing. You know, it's, 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 and, and you, can get, you can get so overwhelmed and, and I have to just come and rest, but... Sometimes if you're not careful, if you're looking for the approval of man and, and you're infatuated with what the world thinks of you and people think of you and everything else, you, you, you put yourself in a place of isolation where it's hard for you to interpret God's love for you because you're craving and working for validation for, from, from everything else. It says in verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father but of the world. So our being influenced by the world system really gives the devil, the enemy, access in our lives. It gives him access to our souls. That's why the devil, when he brings temptations to Jesus, he brings them to you the same way. And he will try to get you out of the revelation that you're beloved. He'll try to take you out of a place where you don't believe your sins are forgiven by God and forgotten by God. And I tell you what, if he gets you there, he got you. Because he'll... Bring such condemnation and judgment. And he'll try to get you to make the stone, the law, to be your feeding. 
and he'll point everything out, the law, it's wrong, you know, whatever. And the Bible says if you're going to minister with the law, 2 Corinthians 3, the only ministry of the law is condemnation and death. Those people that like to live off the old system of the law, they have condemnation constantly. They can't break it. It seeps into their spirit because nobody can find righteous as a standard before God through their efforts to any performance of the law. It's impossible. That's why Jesus had to come and that's why God himself said he found fault with it. And so it's very important that you don't give the devil an ear or access to your life because he'll hammer you with the old say. The Bible teaches, Paul writes, that that's what he uses against you. The ordinances that were written. And that's why you got to know your beloved independent of what you do. And if you can come to the place to understand you're accepted because of the blood of Jesus and take your place there and just feed on him. I tell you what, you'll get so strong in God's love for you that your love for him now is reciprocal. It's automatic. You, you act like God in the earth. You, 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 in, in terms of his life, his, his, is manifested. His fruit of the spirit is manifested. You like yourself. You begin to like people around you. You like your kids. You like your grand. You like everybody. You just like you just going silly crazy with the love of the Father, and it's because you fed on Him. So don't allow the devil to have access to you or be influenced, because if the devil has access to you, and uh, because you you choose not to feed on the finished work of Jesus, if you're not going to feed on Him and live by Him, if if you give the devil access with his with his tactics and with his attacks against you he'll make you feel like you're loveless he'll make you feel totally unworthy of anybody's attention he'll make you feel like god really doesn't care about you you loser you're not good enough you know your life's been tough everything you know he'll 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 stack things high and deep against you really in such a negative way that you feel like you are so loveless That's why I I emphasize in my life now the importance of finding myself accepted in the beloved. And I do it every day in my life, and I'm in the ministry. Because I know what struggles my mind has and the assaults hell has against this gospel preacher. And I tell you what, awesome to understand God loves me completely. He favors me abundantly. He blesses me eternally all because of Jesus and all I got to do is keep my attention keep my focus keep my beholding him and feed on him you know Heidi and I we have a little grandbaby Abigail she's really a beauty and uh, you can follow uh, Heidi on Facebook or something Heidi's always posting pictures and different things but people say to me you know she's got these big old rosy cheeks and she's got I mean she just bubbly all over kind of with with just beauty you know baby beauty all babies are beautiful, you know, but it's, it's like you could just like chew on her. You know what I mean? Just say, glory be to You know, you ever just be with a baby, you just want to like chew on her cheek. You know, just let me munch on you for, you know what I mean? It's just such a beautiful, uh, refreshing, uh, uh, you know, sense of, man, there's such an attraction to the beauty of a baby, the innocence of a baby, the love of a child. But, you know, that's really the way we should gaze on Jesus and and feed on Jesus. And don't ever again buy into the, the strategy that you're loveless. and nobody, It's a lie from hell. And I tell you what, if you believe that, it's hard to be healed. Because you'll always be jumping through hoops for God. 
trying to think you're good enough or that you prayed long enough or fasted long enough or whatever your breakthrough mechanism is. Listen, the cross is the key to your breakthrough. It's in what Jesus has done. Hallelujah. So don't let the devil make you feel loveless. If he, if he gets into your life because of the world's having in, its influence in you, he'll make you feel hopeless. And the world's full of hopelessness. People are overwhelmed. They, 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 they don't know a way out. They're just, that's, that's why they're looking for somebody like you to come in their life and surprise them with such a shocking statement after they absolutely flesh out. It doesn't even shock you. Just say the good news for you, friend. God's got nothing on you. Your sins have been forgiven by God. And all you have to do is understand His love for you and accept the fact that you're accepted. You'll receive divine life. Everything about your world changes. Otherwise, hopelessness. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, verse 10, that at the time past, when you're without Christ, remember our victory was in Christ. When you're without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. No hope. Man, if you have no hope and without God in this world, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And then all you do is you live your whole life conniving. Always conniving. Always manipulating. Always, you know, trying to thrive at the, at the expense of everybody else, you know. That's hopelessness. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to make you feel loveless. He wants to make you feel hopeless. And then he wants to make you feel helpless. And that's what the Bible teaches in Hebrews 7, verse 25. Therefore, he also is able to save those to the uttermost who come to God how through him. See, in Christ is your access before the Father. Jesus was inspected. You're accepted. Not because you're good, because he was good. Your goodness will flow as you rest in him. You'll start acting like him. But you don't have to qualify to get to the Father. You're pre-qualified in the work of Jesus. And said that since he lives to make intercession for them. Isn't that awesome? God's praying on our behalf. Hallelujah. You never need to feel hopeless another day in your life. He'll save you to the uttermost. At the point, well, Heidi and I just had some friends. I'm not going to mention the names because I don't want any, anybody's, you know, record. I know recordings get out all over the place. But I'll just tell you a little story. And I give any names to, to protect anybody if this was insensitive. Some precious people, you know, who who been living together for years and years and, and, uh, and just kind of life's chaotic. And, and so uh, they came into our little environment. And we never, we never said nothing wrong about nothing. Just loved them. So then after some time hanging out in an environment with people who just accepted him, taught him who they were in Christ, the revelation of Jesus' love for them quickened. Like, hey, you know what? What, what we're doing really is not like, like cool. There's a better way to live our lives, kind of, in Christ through marriage. And so they got married. And we, we went to the way and said, hallelujah, you know. Gave everybody a high five. Said, God loves you completely. No, no big deal, just celebrated. And, and then their whole worlds fell apart. They, they were losing everything. Uh, this last, a week ago, uh, yesterday, 
losing everything, thrown out on the street. People had to go help move their stuff out of their place. They were just they're on the streets, and everybody was had no more money to help them with. We 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 we've helped and helped and helped. You know, at the last hour, their 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 confession though was interesting because they're really new in the faith. Was God loves me completely. God favors me abundantly. God blesses me eternally. I don't know what's going to happen, but you know what? Jesus has got me covered. And this was kind of the brother's uh, uh, testimony to me. I said, man, hallelujah. And you know how you, 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 you hurt like God really, I mean really God. Can, can you really come through for him? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had that thought? You know, it's like this is this. You know, I told you this morning, a life of faith is scary to your natural. A life of the grace of God. Like I told you, the title of that book, Jesus Plus Nothing Equals... I tell you, when you trust completely the grace of God, it, you, you'd like to have kind of a crutch or two of your effort really to, you know, validate this thing just in case. You know what I mean? It's, it's scary. A faith-graced life is a scary life to the natural man. It makes no sense. That's why it's all by revelation and God's love for you. But anyway, what's so cool, at the, at the very last hour, as they're thrown out, God gave them a beautiful condominium. All, all, all the expenses paid on it. You know, three-bedroom uh, condominium that they're living in and everything. And it was done through a person who's just a worldly guy that somehow his heart was so stirred. And now every part of their life, now this week has changed. Now, I haven't seen these precious ones since, but, you know, I can't wait to see them. Say, hey, bro, yeah. tell me the story. huh? Because you kept your righteous position... In the midst of chaos. See, and that's the key. You have to focus your faith on your beloved righteous position. And keep feeding on that. The other stuff, Jesus said, just be attracted, added to you. It's added to you. Don't make your need your focus. Make His righteousness your focus. And I tell you what, finances, physical healing, all these things are just going to be attracted because it all happens through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So he, uh, the devil comes to try to make you feel helpless, but Jesus always gives you the victory. The fourth and final thing the devil will do if you yield your heart to the world where the love of God's not triggered in you, it'll make you feel lifeless. You, you feel so far from God and yet he's a resident in you. Have you ever lived with somebody and you felt distant? Have you, ever, have you ever been in a relationship or a working environment and you've been there and, and you think, you look across the room and say, I don't even know if I know that person. You know? You feel, have you ever looked in the mirror and said, I don't even know if I know you. You know what I mean? <laughs> have, you, have you ever, have you ever had, had a situation? You almost had that experience too, huh? Praise God. But have you ever had, had an experience where you just feel like the life is out of you? See, that's, that's what the letter will do. It will kill you. It makes you feel like you died inside. And so you always got to come back to the place and feed on him. Feed on his finished work. Feed on what he has done on our behalf. The enemy's ultimate goal is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And you all know that very well. That's what it says in John 10, verse 10. So we have to understand that the victory that God gives us is in Christ. Hallelujah. How long am I supposed to teach, preach? Man, I've been going a long time. Huh? We're going to be over? Okay. Everybody doing okay? All the doors are unlocked. You're welcome to leave. Hallelujah. Hey, uh, you know, um, remember, your victory is, is from within. 
Now, you may be in life's battle and you may be like at a halftime point or something. You think, dear Lord, we're just getting killed. Have you ever, have you ever been a sports fan or something? I like to watch sports highlights and different things. And, and uh, when I was, when I, uh, my youngest son was in high school, I took time off my schedule in the ministry to coach. Uh, I, I was a high school basketball coach for four years. And I'd be at practice every day. And then I'd go preach on the weekends or I'd take quick, quick trips overseas, like for four or five days and come back. And, and uh, I enjoyed coaching. But I, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, as a coach, you got your team. And let's say it's halftime. Let's say we're getting beat about uh, in basketball. Let's say about 43 to, 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 to 18. You know, do you think me as a coach gets the guys around in the locker room? They're all dejected. And I say, you know what? You guys are a bunch of losers. You think I'd go over good? You think I'd say, I've never, you know, you guys, none of you are, 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 are you, 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 you're, you're a disaster. I don't even know how your mama can be proud of you. No, I wouldn't say something like that. But, but you know, you, you, you think me as the coach would say, uh, hey, guys, uh, you know, I, I got a great idea. Uh, the, the team bus is right outside the locker room. If we all go get on it real quick, we can get out of town before the second half starts. Let's just concede this. Do you think, you know what I'd always try and say, hey, listen, everybody look up. Everybody get your head up. Stop holding your head down. Look coach right in the eye. You guys are fantastic. You're the best. Now there's some things we've got to adjust to execute. But you guys are gifted guys. You guys are well able. You know what I do? I give them some confidence in who they are. Huh? And, and, and see, in a halftime report, if, 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 you're, if you're not feeding on Jesus, first of all, the devil's going to eat your life. Okay. He's going to make you feel loveless and hopeless and helpless and all these things. But, but you need to know you win from within. It's like that Gatorade commercial. Hmm? The Gatorade slogan is you win from within. Remember the house that the, they broke through to get in. Whose house are you? The book of Hebrews says... Jesus is in your house. You win from within. And I tell you what, that's why it's very, very important to understand your righteous position. That you're a new creation. That you have life in God. That at the very, at the very last minute, like my friends a week ago, somehow God sovereignly, supernaturally shows up and, wow. So may, you know, the Lord has surprised me with himself so much. Yes. Just, just this year. He surprised me with himself. When my little heart gets like a little overwhelmed and I'm worried and I get my eyes and everything else except him. Man, I got to just kind of get myself by the bootstraps and just say, where's, where's, where's the, 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 the juice or the wine? Where's the bread? Where's, and let me focus again. Let me look to Jesus. Let me feast on Jesus. Let me understand my righteous position. Get all those verses I had this morning. Let me read them out loud to myself. Let me tell myself what God tells me. I'm accepted in the beloved. And I tell you, if you're not going to do it for yourself, nobody else is going to do it for you. You know what they're going to tell you? You're a loser. Why don't you just check out? Nothing will ever work for you. You'll never get a good job. You'll never get healed. You're going to die premature. Listen, the devil will fill your mind with filth. 
And anything apart from the finished work of Jesus Christ really is, is, is filthy. It will make you dirty in yourself, thinking you are before the Father. When you're accepted through the blood of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. So the way you win in life, the way you get your healing is found in Him. You win from within. 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children. You have overcome Him because He who is in you is greater. Everybody say greater. greater. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Your victory is not in you because of you. But rather you are in Christ Jesus and your faith in Him qualifies you for manifestations of His life. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Here's what the Bible says. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Who's that talking about? The first Adam. Right? Death reigned through the one. So see, you became a sinner before you sinned. Right? You, you, you were considered a sinner through the sin of Adam. Not through your own sin. You, 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 you validated it when you got of age and started sinning. But you were technically considered before the Father a sinner without you ever sinning. You were considered a sinner and death reigned through Adam's sin. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Now, how do you do that? You're going to reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. And this whole text in, in Romans 5 talks about really Jesus really being the Adam of his righteous position before the Father. Being the Lamb of God. So it was Jesus' righteous act. God considers you righteous before you do righteousness. You're righteous just by faith in Him. And the way you reign is have an abundance of this kind of grace. See, our victory in, in whether it's physical healing or anything in life is to receive an abundance of this kind of understanding of unmerited favor and unmerited grace in our life. Through, through, through an abundance of grace and the gift. Notice the right standing with God is a gift. Celebrate it. The gift of righteousness, you reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So I just want to encourage you to, to stay in union with Him. Just keep your position in Christ and you're going to find great, great joy and peace. Let me share one other verse with you or a couple of verses. Then I've then I got to go, <clears throat> go someplace and eat. Hallelujah. <laughs> like, like, like I have a hunger pain. My, my, my. Oh, goodness. Look at, look at this. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope. Remember, hope is a confident expectation of good. Rest your hope fully upon the grace or the favor that is to be brought to you. When? At the revelation of Jesus Christ. Every time you have a revelation of Jesus and His finished work, grace will be granted. See, the way you receive an abundance of grace is focus on Jesus. And as the Holy Spirit unveils and unfolds what Jesus has done through your beholding of Him, what will be granted at every fresh revelation of Jesus Christ is more favor, more grace. Or some people would say more ability. A lot of people def define grace as the ability of God to do in you what you can't do on your own. And so see, there's more strength, more, more manifestations of His love and goodness. Uh, Titus 2, verse 11 and 12, For the grace of God that brings salvation... That means healing, salvation, preservation, deliverance, soundness of mind. The fullness of what the cross is all about. The grace of God brings that. It's the favor of God that gives you access to it, not you. The grace of God, the favor of God that you find in Christ, 
in the beloved position brings salvation to you and it's appeared to all men. See, that's why, you know, uh, Jesus' work was for all. The sins of the world have been forgiven. And most people don't know how to accept that they're accepted. And so they still live, you know, at enmity with God because they're in the flesh. But look at it, it says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. I think as you focus on Jesus and partake of His grace at every revelation of Him, you live like Him more and more. See, because grace is a teacher. Grace always teaches you to deny ungodliness. Grace teaches you to live soberly, righteously, in this present age, in this present earth. And so it's very, very important that victory is available to all people. You know, since I was talking to you about the devil, let me show you one other verse, then I'm done. First Peter 5, verse 8 and 9, the Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9, resist him. How do you resist the devil? Steadfast in the faith. Faith for what? Faith for righteousness. See, the way the devil has no access to, to you is when you declare yourself accepted. All because of Jesus. You resist him steadfast in faith. Faith is for your righteous position. Hallelujah. And this is where your victory is in. Praise the Lord. Did you all like the word tonight? Give the Lord a shout, somebody. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you. How many have pain in their body or have pain in your life or physical sickness? Praise the Lord. All right. How many can believe that they're fully righteous? How many believe your sins are forgiven and your sins are forgotten? Good, about half of you. That's wonderful. Hallelujah. Let me ask again. How many believe your sins are forgiven and your sins are forgotten? Do you really believe it? Or you just, you really believe it? How many believe that on the tree, Jesus bore your sickness? Hallelujah. And your faith in your righteous position triggers the manifestation of healing fully for your physical body. Just stay in your righteous position. Let the revelation of His love for you. Those of you who have pain in your body, sickness, just lift your hands before the Lord. Father, I pray for these, your kids. These are your sons, your daughters. And I speak over their lives right now. I send the word of healing. All because of the work of the cross. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. You bore our sickness and carried our disease. Just like you bore our sin and was judged for it. Hallelujah. We're righteous because of what you did. And we're also healed because of what you did in the same act. It's sovereignly supernatural. It's so thrilling. Father, I speak over your sons and daughters. And I say, son, daughter, rise up and be healed in Jesus' name. Every affliction, every addiction, every struggle, every sickness, every pain, we release it from its assignment against your physical body. And I call you healed and whole in Jesus' name. And Father God, we just thank you for your great grace that's upon these people. We thank you that every time they have a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ, like we read in Peter, that grace is granted. Hallelujah. That they take their position accepted in the Beloved. Walking in divine life, walking in divine health, and everything they put in their hand to is prospering. 
Thank you for the abundance of grace. Thank you for the gift of righteousness. Thank you that we reign in this life through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Hallelujah. Just begin to worship him now a moment. Can you do that? Hallelujah.